Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show, the Modcast edition. The whole crew's here, Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston, Keith Niebuhr. I am Justin Hokinson. Appreciate everybody for joining us. How's everybody doing on this Thanksgiving week? Hungry. Doing good. <laughs> glad, to, uh, yeah. glad you and me are Well, you guys are eating. I'm going to be getting in some swings at the driving range before it gets a little crazy in the Auburn market. Nice. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know if it's Thanksgiving week. I don't know if it's because I'm at the beach. I, I don't know. I feel like we're like turning a corner maybe. Like head coach is almost tired. Hmm. Season's almost done. Mm. Maybe some maybe some conclusion, start to flip the page on something new. I don't know. Just feel like this is maybe a week of of getting sort of starting to pivot into something new here. I don't know. The home stretch. Season going the this stretch. You guys remember a season going by this fast? I mean, it just seems like it just flew by. Somebody the other night on the call-in show said it would have been uh, – was he the one that said it was really fast? It might be Somebody different. Did, yeah. It might be different for Justin. He's actually working. Uh, it might go by uh, no, it went by fast. Well, it helps. Well, no, I say it helps. Helps I mean, is the wrong word. It goes by fast when, like, for three weeks, nobody cares. Off season, <laughs> yeah, the off season seems to take forever. All right. I was gonna say anything yeah. feels better after that last off season. That was yeah. Fun. Well, to me, the uh, September and October, or was it September, the five straight home games, dude. I was, I was, I was about done after week three. I, I uh, it was. <laughs> I'm still over that shit. So is the team, apparently. Hey. Penn State game. Yeah, after the Penn State game, it was I was I was so just deflated, <laughs> defeated. A, yeah, you and everybody it, else. Yeah, it kind of hit every. Remember the fans? We all. Well, uh, let's talk about the fans. They after that Penn State game, I've never seen an about face like that before. Yeah. I mean, even either. the supporters, never seen somebody. <laughs> even the supporters, the next. Not the next day, excuse me. By the fourth quarter of that game, we're just like, that's it, I've seen enough. And people that had yeah. been, including a lot of our board posters, and I'm not going to name any names, but people that had been, no, you guys got to give these guys more time, and, and he knows what he's doing. And, and by the fourth quarter of that game, they were like, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I was personally pissed, I guess for lack of a better word, because we – Man, that Penn State game was going to be such a huge deal recruiting-wise. We busted our butts. Built, you know, that thing was building up. And then you lay a freaking egg like that. I mean, it was hard to do those exit interviews with recruits after, when they were leaving. And it was it was very telling. Um, you know, a lot of them were saying, Cole was there with me. You know, well, I, expected, I expected a lot more. Uh, you know. Kind of with the same face that I have right now. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was done after that. Yeah, aren't you glad they didn't bring out the orange jerseys for that one? Oh. You know, in hindsight. Oh, Cole, you just you just did a you did a great joke right there. You didn't realize. Aren't you orange? You glad? I was. They didn't bring out the orange jerseys. Hey, Cole. Before I forget, dude. <laughs> uh oh. Oh yeah, true south. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. Big how about you to True South? A true Southern <laughs> outfitter sent me a shirt, man. Moon Weagle. I hope they're paying for that. Moon Weagle, yeah. Moon Weagle. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about this season, if I'll die, get back to it, was that for the last few years, everybody's always ripping the fans at Auburn. The, the students aren't there and, uh, enough, and people get mad. And I thought the fans, for as average as the team was this year, the fans have been absolutely incredible. They have after the COVID. Really good. <laughs> Arkansas was the only one where I don't blame them. Well, I mean, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas, they. What's funny is they kind of showed up against Arkansas in terms of numbers. They just, they're like, we're here. We like tailgating, but yeah. the energy was just pretty much nobody could even really get any energy. It was, it was like, one of the worst yeah. I've seen. That's yeah. one of those games where if you've been to an NFL stadium where they all have those concourses that yeah. you like, people have always said, boy, wouldn't it be nice if Auburn in the North End Zone just had this giant walkway where that old scoreboard is, and you could mingle and all that. That's kind of one of those games where you wish you had one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, mingle. Just to pass the time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Arkansas scored again, so how's uh, how's the family? (laughs) You know, the cannons fire. You know, oh, somebody scored, you know. 
and it's uh, that's that's kind of what that game was like. But no, I mean, otherwise the fans have been into it. The the sellouts, the last game, even Western Kentucky. I mean, Penn State yeah. game. And you know the funny thing about that Penn State game, Auburn was in that game at the half. Just a couple plays here or there. You wonder could it have been? Yeah. Could it have been different? Because they really could have been leading at the half or. Yeah. You know, 14 to 6 or something like that. I mean, they were right there. And the first yeah, possession right. after the half after of, of the third quarter, wasn't there a turnover and then Penn State ran it for like 80 yards and well they scored. I mean, it was that last few minutes of the first half, last first yeah, few yeah. minutes of the second half and it was done. It yep. went from close game to okay, we're down but we're sort of in it to they scored as I got crap. And it happened all in a yeah, a short the, done deal. The fans, is, that's an interesting thing. We go through this coaching search, and everybody wants to have an opinion about Auburn. And why would you want to go to Auburn? Well, the fans did a good job of, I think, showing you why. Um, yeah, we, we like to talk about the boosters and stuff, and that's always a fun talking point. But um, I think the fans, um, you know, I think they showed a lot those last few games, especially A&M, Western Kentucky. I mean, I think they made a statement. They really did. Um, and then normally I wouldn't – normally I'd kind of chalk that stuff up to – yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I it kind of maybe more um, wishful thinking or hey, maybe it really doesn't matter. I, I think that they made a statement that A and M game, showing up for that game at a night game three or three and six. I, I would I have to believe that if it's Lane Kiffin or whoever that they saw pictures, they saw that John Cohen probably mentioned that. Hey, it's pretty freaking impressive, three and six, and that's what I'm walking into. Mm-hmm. I I think it made a statement. I do too, especially when he had complained about that kind of stuff at Ole Miss. Well, I'll tell you what yeah. I think. What else has been impressive? This whole process of firing the head coach. There wasn't drama. They didn't drag it out. They cut the cord. And then this search. The only drama with this search, the the ninety eight percent of the drama. You know, people always talk about Auburn. Auburn. Oh, look at all the drama there. Well, in this search, guys, hasn't all the drama come from elsewhere? Yeah, it's from another state. Okay, Auburn. Yeah. Uh, this seems to have been. I mean, we we're, again, we're not at the finish line of a search yet, but up to now, this seems to have been a pretty. You know, they're doing it their way. They're keeping things kind of quiet. There hasn't been a lot. There haven't been any really embarrassing incidents or uh, a rash of coaches turning them down in press conferences or any of that stuff. Seems like it's been succinct and run well. I mean, that's the impression. I completely I agree. Been night and day from the last coaching search. There's no doubt. Oh yeah. Well, when you, have, when you don't, when you don't offer, man, you can't turn. If, if some coach would have come out and been like, "I turned him down," that would have really been quickly. That would have really quickly been rebutted by us and whoever else, and be like, "No, no, no, you don't have an offer. Nobody, you don't have an offer. Nobody's turned you down. Nobody's got an offer. They're just talking to people." So, like Bill Clark or something. I guess Bill Clark's not around anymore to, to turn, turn down the Auburn job. But uh, did he die? Yeah, I think it's been. No, he just he got he got he had oh. back issues and okay, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. no, he's I was about to say R.I.P. B.C. <laughs> former yeah. Auburn coach Bill Clark. Yeah, former Auburn coach Bill Clark. Yeah, but, or yeah, Dave but, Doran. Remember when Pat Forty reported that Dave Doran turned the job down? Sorry, Who? NC State. Pat Forty. Remember when he reported that Dave Doran at NC State turned down the Auburn job? We're like, what, bro? What you talking about, man? Was, I think that was before Harson. I think if you're an Auburn fan, you have to be pleased though with the search and how. Absolutely. You know, it looks like these guys got so down, far. got down to business, had a plan, knew what they were doing, and uh, now again, they're not at the finish line yet. But, not at the finish line yet. You know, but, but we yes. think we think if something didn't work out, we think that these guys are organized enough that their backup plans are probably ready to go. Good, certainly better than the last time. I think this time it's pretty clear a backup plan would be much better than the first time it seems to be. It would have to be if you go there, which, you know, we don't know. Well, and it's a unique situation in that you have somebody that is the caliber of coach you freezes sitting there at Liberty just waiting. So you don't have you don't have a you don't have to really figure anything out in terms of number two choice. You you got a guy that's that's ready to say yes and so you can just pivot to him really whenever you want to. Right. Justin, Which how is what close? I think will happen. How close do you think this is to being done? See, this is the interesting discussion. We may never, we may never know, right? Like, I may never know the complete story. I would love to, 
I would love to talk to John Cohen afterwards, but just for real, like was like when was this thing done to you? Like done, like not officially done. When were you like right? We're good. We're we're coasting unless something crazy happens. Um, like I just think it's I think if it's Kiffin, I think it's already done. I think it's I actually think it's borderline been done if it's Kiffin. Outside of formalities, outside of okay, right. we got to go through the committee, we got to get approved the offer, we got to present it, we got all the stuff you have to do. I think if it ends up being Kiffin, I think you could go back. This isn't thing like a thing that happened this week. I think you go back. 48 hours? Uh, yeah, yeah. you go back a week or so ago, and mm-hmm. I think it's been done. And from that point, it's just been, okay, let's let's figure out, cross the T's, dot the I's, get the offer, and all that. Now, if it turns out to not be Kiffin, then I would just be surprised. Because everything right now, it, if it turns out to not be Kiffin at this point, it's a last-minute change. Something happened last minute. There's too much that's going on. There's Auburn's at a place right now um, they're they're presenting with the offer if they haven't already actually done that. So if it's not, it's some kind of dramatic last minute change that I wouldn't even be able to explain. I couldn't even give you a rational reason right now why Lane Kiffin would stay in Ole Miss. Yeah, especially when he's listen. I think next week on next week's show a hire will have been made, presumably, and we're going to be able to look back at that forty eight hour window and we're going to be able to. I mean, seriously, you 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 walked us through this process and it was after that 48 hour window just like we said last week i don't remember what which show it was on but all right now it's time for the lane kiffin stuff if 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 this is true it's time for it to die down and it did and it did and we had a couple of new names and then here we are like you said if it's kiffin you look back to that 48 hour window and that's probably when it was done Sans the formalities. Yeah, nailing out the hard stuff. What are you talking? About? What, what kind of money are we talking about? Eleven million dollars a year? Okay, yeah. okay. All yeah. Right. What kind of incentives you want? You know, stuff like that. But you know, and I complained about it last week. But Auburn's biggest asset in this was the the the, the cowardly Ole Miss beat, right? Because there was no there was no questions about it all last yeah. week. And Early, then there was yeah. a, hey, you know, what about, and they're like, okay, okay, all right, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we won't talk about that anymore. It, so it, it almost worked out perfectly for Auburn, because I guarantee you, if that, if, that, if that was happening to a coach at Auburn, the Auburn beat, first of all, he, his, his press conference for the Egg Bowl was 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes! And, he, and he, he's, a, he's the number one candidate for the, uh, an SEC West rival. He, I think they asked him one or two questions, and, and, and he gave, a, a, <clears throat> to me, a very telling answer. And, again, very telling quotes, according to Chris Lowe yesterday with, with his team meeting with, with, uh, with, with the Ole Miss players. The tea leaves from that 48-hour window, Justin, for me. And I'm going, is this too good to be true? Is this too obvious? And that was my only concern with it. And after these quotes have come out, after he had, after he had to address it in public and then in private with his team, to me those were the those were my last tea leaves. I, I was good after that. I told y'all last night. I, I I'm like you, Justin. If it's Lane Kiffin, it's 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 probably been done, and I think it's Lane Kiffin. But, but it's been but it's been fun, dude. It's been fun to uh, to to read your covers, dude. You've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Well, it's it's been a little crazy, but yeah, I think we're. In- I think we're in. I think we're in good shape. What do y'all think, Colin Keith? I was gonna say I'm always and look. I know some of the people that cover Ole Miss, and I I like them. I like these people. It's just go away. I love you. Now go away. (laughs) (laughs) Going out of here now. It's always funny to me that people who cover a team, whether it's college or pro, not all, seem to be. It's almost like they feel like if a coach leaves, it's an indictment against everything that they do. Yeah, no, yeah. Ole Miss is a great place. It's a great place. I like it there. You guys been there? I love it there. Okay? The Oxford School, and, yeah. Fantastic city, fantastic people, beautiful school. Sometimes <clears throat> people just want to leave these places. Like I'll give you an example. When Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma last year, I've never seen a, a fan base turn on a guy so fast. <laughs> the fan base, the media group. And you're like, well, the media, they're not supposed to react like fans here, okay? They're not supposed well, he's to been be- so good to their program. He, like, you know, yeah. elevating Ole Miss, he's been so 
Yeah, but but here's another way of looking at it. He's put them in a good place. If if he leaves, he's put them in a good place where a lot of people are talking about Ole Miss again. No doubt, right? no doubt. You know, and uh, and it it is a good program. It's a good program. It's not a great program, but it's a very it's a very solid program right now where they're able to compete for eight, nine, ten wins a year with the challenges they have, like being in a state that's got. Uh, not a huge population. A lot of great recruits, but they got to split them with Mississippi State, and then Alabama comes in and gets guys. Remember that year just a few years ago when Matt Luke was the head coach at Ole Miss, and Auburn went in and grabbed three big-time players from that state. Now, only Derek Hall panned out, but you know, Auburn grabbed three of the top five or six guys in that state. Uh, and so it, there's challenges there. There's challenges at Auburn, too, but you know, Auburn's a little bit more in that limelight. And we, one thing we know about guys, Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, they like being in that limelight. You know, you're, you're not far from Atlanta. Auburn's one of those schools, people are talking about it and talking about you whether the school is winning or losing. And there's only about a dozen or so schools like that, quite frankly. And, and so while if you're an Auburn fan, you hate that people are making fun of you when you're losing. Part of, you have to understand, that means they care. And there are a lot of programs when they're going five and seven, ain't nobody talking about it, okay? And, 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 and that's about half the SEC, quite frankly. So Auburn is in that limelight. But Ole Miss, Lane has gotten Ole Miss back into that limelight, back into that spotlight place that they haven't been in too many times before in recent memory, certainly not in any of our lifetimes. And so um, it worked out great for both sides, uh, whether he stays or goes, I'd say. If he leaves, I would I wouldn't be too upset if I was them. Obviously, he's going to a another SEC school if that's the case, and that would be that's hard to stomach. But um, he got things righted over there. He got the ship he got the ship headed back in the right direction, and he's he would be leaving them in a good place for the next coach. I do believe that. I do believe that. People have seen everything Ole Miss has to offer, and uh, are they are they going to consistently beat out the Alabamas and Georgias for recruits? No, but who does? Right. It's, um, you know, I think I think Lane has done a, a very good job over there and, and uh, should be appreciated for that. I think the best point was made, Justin, by you um, about just what are the what are the reasons he would stay at Ole Miss at this point? It, it seems like there's so many more reasons why he would Auburn over Ole Miss at this point. And, you know, obviously he's sort of well, not sort of obviously he's clownish on Twitter and social media and he does that kind of stuff. But he is a business guy. Anybody that's, you know, been in the room with him, been coaching with him before, they see him as a business guy, and he's real serious about what he does. And uh, it just seems like a really good business move to go to Auburn right now. With, with so that's why it seems like it's, it's going to happen. Well, in my opinion. I agree. And I, I think it's – I mean <clears> – <throat> That's why I, I, there's, a, there's a part of me that thinks that, like kind of what Keith mentioned recently, but really just in general, I think it's very possible that there's been a lot more drama around this on the outside than on the inside. You know, because yeah. on the outside, you don't know who's going to be. You hear these names. You're not. You're right. There's a lot of I, – I think there's probably been less drama around this on the inside. I, I think – because if you really just, just objectively compare Ole Miss and Auburn, there's – I don't care money, facilities, program, like the ability. There's not, there's not, there, I don't think there's one thing you could point to unless you're just like, I want to stay in a place with less expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's Ole the one thing Ole Miss has. Yeah. They, they expect probably a little bit less from you. Well, in order um, and that's about, that's about it. Well, unless, unless you love what? Love living somewhere and love a community and your sure. family. Yeah, that, those things matter. Those things the, they do, like yes, family could you know yeah, but but even that's a tough one. Like even if you're like you know, and that's part of the deal with Lane, right? Well, that's more personal, right? Like Oxford, yeah. I mean, if if you're like, hey, I've moved him three times in three years. They got two years left. I want him to finish high school, um, one place. Yeah, that could, that could come into that could come into play. But for Lane, where he's at, man, I just think internally it's very possible that Lane doesn't really care what the fans think. Like Lane cares what he what's good for him. Yeah. And I get Ole Miss fans. I get it, man. He had the come to the sip. Like, I get it, man. Lane made Oxford cool. He's made Ole Miss cool. Um, I, I get it. I get the fans being mad if he leaves. I, I, I You know, it, it's, it would suck. But I just don't think – look, Lane, he went from Florida Atlantic to there. That's a no-brainer. 
Now you go to Auburn. That's a no-brainer to me. I mean, he's he's about elevating his career, and so you just can't take these things that personal um, if he leaves, which is what's happening. I mean, you have Ole Miss fans right now all over social media. They're calling for him to not even be able to coach the Egg Bowl. They're 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 saying if you're not if you haven't signed the extension, you should just get him out of here. Just go ahead and fire him. I mean, they're over him already. It's probably a good thing that game, by the way, is not in Oxford. That would be extremely awkward. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be weird. I, you might even have some fans yelling at him from the front row, um, wondering what he's doing. Um, and so it's interesting that it's in Starkville. But going back to your point, Jeffrey, about the the Ole Miss media or you know whatever, um, yeah, they've really done Auburn a for a week. They did Auburn a favor. They 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 gave Auburn an extra week there where they just didn't ask him about it. And whatever, I mean, they said they're going to ask him after the Egg Bowl. That's fine. But at that point. It's kind of done. I mean, at that point, he's made his decision, and he can tell you whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think you want to ask him back then because it's literally just conversations are happening. Jimmy Sexton, his his agent, is talking to Auburn, and nobody's asking him, hey, uh, what's going on? Is you, Are you interested? Are you staying yeah. here? And, uh, so, yeah, they did Auburn a real favor for a week. They did. And I think some of them have said, oh, well, he doesn't answer that question. We well, still have to ask it. Yeah, any answer is an answer. No well, comment is an answer. And the thing is, you know, Lane Kiffin, the, the better coaches in the game, they're alpha males, they're alpha dogs, right? They they want to win. And he, what he doesn't have is a, a ring as a head coach, right, a, a championship ring. And so he, he's probably, not probably, I'm sure he's looking across the landscape of college and saying, what, what opportunities could I, could I win a championship at? Chip at and, uh, and and obviously Ole Miss you know has not won an SEC title since 1963. Ole Miss has never played in the SEC championship game, not once. That's not ripping the program. That's just some obstacles there. Heck, I think given the obstacles, they've done a pretty damn good job. Uh, you know, but okay. what is the max out? So if you're Lane Kiffin, you're thinking, okay, so what are the top 15, top 20 historic programs? The ones that are going to win championships. And there's been a few outliers. BYU won one. Georgia Tech won one. Obviously, 30 years ago, Georgia Tech was a historic top 15 program. But not there's been some outliers. But you look at the main programs of where you can win at, and he has to look at it and say, okay, where could I possibly end up at? I mean, how hard is it to win at Ole Miss versus which one of these top-tier programs could I get to? Well, USC and Tennessee, he's already coached at. They're probably not going to bring him back. So you can rule out those two. Uh, Nebraska, excuse me, Michigan, Ohio State, he doesn't fit the DNA. Penn State, he doesn't fit the DNA. Notre Dame, no chance. So you've already ruled out six. Texas has Steve Sarkeesian right now, who is basically Lane Kiffin, right? They're kind of the same offensive guy. That seems hard. Oklahoma, Nebraska, two other top 15 historic programs. Doesn't seem like he would fit the DNA at those programs. Georgia and Alabama, well, maybe when Saban's done, but then he has to wait. Kirby's not going anywhere. So you rule out those two for immediate departure <clears throat> access. So then you go down to Florida, Miami and Florida, and maybe Florida State. Well, Norvell sort of got them on the upswing. Napier and Cristobal in their first year, they're probably not getting fired at the earliest till year three if they totally tank. So if you're Lane Kippen, you're thinking, to get to one of these programs that has won, LSU would be the other one. They just hired Brian Kelly. So worst-case scenario, he's fired in three years. Well, it looks like they're on the up and they're recruiting well. So you start laying through and you're saying, okay, my, my opportunities to go to a, a program that has proven it can win at the highest level and compete for championships and win championships is limited. Do I, I could take this one now or run the risk of waiting a few more years? Well, it's hard to win consistently 10 games at Ole Miss, as history has proven. And where you are at today doesn't guarantee you're going to be there tomorrow. Now, he could take them up, but he could also go in the other direction there. So – you know, it's not now or never time. He's only 47, but it's now or probably I got to wait three years time. You know, and these guys are ultra competitive guys. They want to win right now. They want to start building toward the future right now. So that, that's the way I look at things. That's why Auburn is so appealing to him. It is one of the elite programs historically that, that he would have a shot to coach at. And now he's got a really good shot. What do, what do you guys make of – oh, go ahead, Cole. Uh, real quick, I just think one of the things that makes Auburn an elite program and and maybe puts them, you know, this far above Ole Miss is the capability. Is just the capability that it has. 
the capability that you can go in and win here. I mean, you look at Tupperville, uh, Chiswick, Malzahn, even back to Bowden. They all had a, a really good season in Auburn, at least one. They all did. They all got fired. But uh, Yeah. I mean, Harson's like the first one in five coaches to not do something significant in the first two years. Everybody had an undefeated season, made the championship game, won the championship in the SEC in the first two years. Mm-hmm. And he's probably looking at Brian Harson going, man, dude, you, you had all this and you – How you screw that up? <laughs> Come on, here's, what, here's what we don't know about Auburn. Is Auburn always going to be like this? Because so far it has been. Or have they just not found the guy that can keep them at the top? And, and we don't well, know. I think that is that is a loaded question because well, we don't know the answer. We, to we, that. we could de- we could devote a whole mo- a whole show to that because I think I don't know. Given where Auburn is in the landscape of things, SEC location, geographic location, the strength of Bama and Georgia, I. I it just would take to me a lot of things for Auburn to be really good consistently for like, let's say seven, eight, ten straight years, man, that, that would be, that's more than just coaching and alignment. That's the reality is that's, that's also where Alabama and Georgia right now, how are they doing? It just is. Um, and so it just, uh, especially right, right now, it just, that's a, that's a, there's so many things that have to go right. I think for Auburn to go have like seven straight years of like nine, 10 wins or something. It's just, so competitive. I don't know. Well, to me, it's recruiting, and it's if you're gonna if you want to be up there with those Georgia and Alabamas, where your a bad season is ten wins, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to take some of that talent and put it on your team. You're gonna have to take some of this talent from Georgia and put it on your team. You're gonna have to take away while at, at, while at the same time adding. You're gonna have to get on a talent level <clears throat> equal to or if not superior to them, and that's what Kirby's done. Because if you don't, then you're looking at a Mark Rick type run, right? Yeah. Mark, Mark Rick was a perennial nine ten win coach who always had Georgia in the hunt, but could never get over that hump. He was consistent though, yeah, consistent top top ten team. Kirby took them to that next level. He got them over that hump. Is Lane Kiffin a Mark Rick? Is he a Kirby Smart? Can he get Auburn over that hump? I hope we get to find out, because at Auburn you're you're on a more level playing field. Man, I'm telling you, on to victory is going to even some things out when it comes to recruiting. That that's giving you a believable chance at stealing some of those five star the the program changers away from Alabama and Georgia. So I'm I'm really curious to see, anxious to see. If Lane Kiffin can get those, can take the talent from Auburn, I mean from Alabama and Georgia, put them on his team, and see where he can take them. Well, the one thing that Lane Kiffin has, and and Hugh Freeze for this matter too, is that you would have the faith that I don't know if they'll ever recruit right there with Alabama or Georgia, but those two guys are going to get you quarterbacks every year. Mm. They're going to get you that. They're going to get you that most important piece every year, mm-hmm. whether be it through high school, JUCO, or the portal. I mean, Chad Kelly was a portal guy at Ole Miss, right? Yeah. So it's uh, – excuse me, a JUCO guy. A portal for – a transfer from Clemson to JUCO to, to Ole Miss. But those guys are going to get you quarterbacks, and that, that can be sort of the equalizer. I mean, Cam mm-hmm. Newton didn't have a receiver that, that caught a ball in the NFL, correct? Darvin Adams was his go-to, and he played yeah. in the CFL, I believe. Yeah, which – yeah. That means I'm not knocking those guys. Terrell Zachary. Good players. But he didn't have an I kill you out there. <laughs> Auburn's receivers. You know what I mean? Yes. He didn't have guys like that. He was able to elevate. You know, there's only one Cam Newton you're going to get in a lifetime. But if you're consistently getting good quarterbacks, it's uh, for, for first and foremost, it's going to help you get other players. But secondly, those are the guys that can elevate your team. I mean, you know, uh, when Auburn had good QB play in 2021, they were five and one, right? And then Bo got hurt, and mm. you know that kind of changed the uh, the trajectory of the season. So I mean, you know, again, I think you know top 12 classes every year, which is what Auburn should be doing, top 12 classes, but with some difference makers and with a you figure Lane or Hugh. I, I still say Hugh could get you those A-list QBs too. Now, I think when you know, I think I think he gets you some guys as well. 
But Lane Kiffin's going to get you QBs, no doubt about that. I think that's going to, yeah, you're always going to have a couple of them on your roster. It sounds it sounds sort of elementary uh, for me to say this, but personnel, understanding your personnel is such a big factor in being a head coach, understanding what kind of offense you run. And, and this guy, Lane Kiffin, has gone from throwing it almost every down to, mm-hmm. you know, running it down people's throats because his personnel changed. He changed with the personnel. And a couple of prominent head coaches that I've talked to in the state of Alabama high school level have told me that is the best thing he does. And if you don't think that's important, oh, well, just look at Cadillac right now. He changed, he changed the game with these guys and gives them a chance to win because he's doing completely different things than what they were doing before. And he's gone all the way to the running game. Instead of trying to make Robbie Ashford throw the ball 25 times a game, that wasn't working. To do it this way, he understood the personnel and changed it up. You know, that, that to me is the biggest is, is one of the biggest things. And if you think blue chip ratio is above that, and it and it can be most of the time, then there's no reason Auburn should have beat Texas A&M the other day because their blue chip ratio was way above all. Mm. And that's still very important. You've got to have both. But yeah, it's watching not what only thing. Yeah, watching what Bo Nix did this year, you just want to fire Brian Harson again. You know, like if you could do it, you could just hire him and fire him again. Um, he's unbelievable. He, he's everything you thought he was going to be. And Malzahn a little bit, but I'll give Malzahn a little bit of leeway because Bo Nix was younger then. You know, you had him as a freshman, sophomore, whatever. Um, but, man. Uh, right, hey, you mentioned Hugh Freeze. Let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, we, we think we know where things kind of stand with Kiffin. The big question was, the last week to me was, okay, who's number two if this doesn't work out? I said on the board yesterday in, in the, uh, the hot board on, on Tuesday that if, if things go south with Kiffin and for some reason that doesn't work out, I still think Hugh Freeze is very much in play. I stopped short of saying he's for sure the number two candidate. My, my opinion is that he is. Um, after all the names or whatever, I still think Hugh's right there. What would that look like? How would everybody feel if if it were Hugh as the number two guy, not Sweeney, not Fickle, not Frank, not Sonny Dykes, not, you know, none of those guys. If it's, if it's Hugh as the number two guy after Kiffin, because I think now you got to sort of think about too, how would, how would people react? I mean, there's fans that are going to react, whatever, they'll get over it, but I'm just, that's kind of just a part of it. Like how would they react if it's not Kiffin and it does end up being freeze. And then also just freeze as the guy, if it ended up being that guy, is that still, a home run? Is it? How, how do we look at that? It's a little bit of a letdown for fans. That doesn't mean it wouldn't be a good hire. It would just be a little bit of a letdown for fans because they're expecting Lane Kiffin. I mean, they pretty much put their eggs in that basket. So anything other than Lane Kiffin at this point, I think, would be just a touch of a letdown. Even though there are people, and you've seen on our board posts on the corner, that say, you know, I almost would rather have Hugh Freeze. I think there was a post about that yesterday. There's some people out there that think he's you know, better maybe X's and O's, I don't know, maybe recruiting than, than Lane Kiffin, but most of the fan base would feel a little let down, I think. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that question. <laughs> I, I, I will. I mean, I just, I think, yeah, obviously let down uh, because Hugh just does, isn't the national name that Lane is right now, but you know, like I talked to some college coaches last week, and one of them said, that's no number two choice. That's, you know, Hugh Freeze is a winner. Um, you know, obviously they had to forfeit some games at Ole Miss, uh, but he's still coaching. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, criminally, criminally liable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's still, I mean, he wasn't banished from the game. The guy's won everywhere he's gone. He's a he's a known commodity in the south in the southeast. He gets you back into Mississippi. He knows people in Alabama. He knows people in in Georgia. He's recruited in Florida. Um, so I think I think once you got over the initial shock, then Hugh Freeze is probably getting you players within a couple of weeks. And you know what I mean. Uh, now he's going to have to. You know the funny thing is we all know who he is. We're adults, but an 18 year old, 18 year old that's a big name recruit. They're probably there's where the check. This where the challenge is. They're not going to know who he is. I'm just going to. They're not going to know because the last time he was at Ole Miss, or the last time he was at an SEC school, 
they were you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. They, they don't really know him, okay? And uh, when, what, year, what year did he have to resign from Ole Miss? You know, what, whatever year that was. I was trying to remember, yeah. How, has it been? How long has it been? I'll look it up here, but it's... Because yeah. it went Matt Luke and then Luke and then Kiffin? Yeah. I actually have proof of that, Keith, because so I went Was he there in 17, 16, well, He was at... Uh, 2017 was his last year. Okay, so that doesn't seem like an eternity ago, but that's actually six signing classes ago. These kids were 12. They were... T- that's right. They were 12, so they don't really... They don't know not... Obviously, now here's one thing I do know about Hugh Freeze, immensely popular with the guys that coached with him at Ole Miss. Uh, You know, uh, Wesley McGriff, who coached at Auburn, worked with him at Ole Miss. I think he was very high on him. Uh, Matt Luke, who uh, then became the head coach, then went to Georgia. Apparently, he's extremely high. So I think he would be able to assemble an an all-star type staff Somebody even told me that he could that, that Matt Luke would be one of his first calls. Now you got to get him out of retirement, but that would be one of his first calls. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It apparently, thinks very highly of him. So yeah, that dude's good. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, if you're if it's freeze, let's say who you hire right away would soften the blow. You know, oh my God, he got this guy. You yeah. know that kind of thing. Uh, but again, he's not a known right now to kids. Uh, to give to kids. To give you credit on that, Keith, um, Quay Russo went and saw him last week and had a good conversation with him. I talked through each of the coaching candidates um, with him just to see his reaction, what he thought of those guys. He definitely knew who Lane Kiffin was. He definitely knew who Deion Sanders was. Had to ask me who Hugh Freeze was. He's like, ah, I'm not sure. Who, who is that again? Liberty? He goes, Liberty? Like, Liberty? I said, yeah, yeah, Liberty. He used to be at Ole Miss. He goes, oh, okay. I don't think he knew who he was. He didn't know he was, yeah. He goes, I know the coach for the, coming from the Panthers, I think. He said that one, too. So that, well, he's an engaging personality. It wouldn't take him long once he meets parents. It'd be up to his assistants to get guys on campus these first three weeks, obviously. But once Hugh Freeze gets in front of people, I'm just telling you guys, I mean, he's engaging, he's energetic, he's fun at those summer camps that Brian Harson didn't like to do it. Quite frankly, Gus didn't always love – Gus is kind of an introvert too. Uh, he loves those things. Hugh does this. I, I told you guys, he let me break a, a, a commitments of two twins in his office. I mean, he, he gets it. He gets all that. He would probably be on the phone with media people. What do you guys think I should do? What do you, what, you know – He's a uh, he's an intelligent guy. I don't think there's any question about it. It's just that for those you don't think so, Jeffrey. <laughs> I mean, he, oh, well, look at Jeff's face. Listen, uh, he he's not smart enough to let somebody else be the pimp. Like he was the one setting up the freaking dates, dude. Like well, you can't listen, do that, big dog. I'm talking strictly in terms of football. Fair point. On the interpersonal <laughs> level, you know all that stuff. He's like ignored. He's not talking about that. Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. What did Sammy Sosa? What did Sammy Sosa say at the? Remember when all the baseball players went to Congress and Sosa and McGuire were like, "I'm not here to talk about the past." Well, why the hell else are you here? That's why you're here. So yes, I get it, Jeffrey. But your people are. If you're asking me, how do I think he would acclimate himself? I don't think it would take long. But Lane Kiffin has the sizzle. That's the name. That's the hot name in college football right now. That's the hot name. Yep. No doubt. It is. I think I think either way, and, and again, we, we think it's Kiffin until it's not. I think either if that's what it turns out being, if it's not Kiffin, a quick pivot to Hugh Freeze, get it done. I think Auburn's in great shape either way. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think do. Auburn's in great shape either way. Uh, and we talked yeah. about this last week. If that's your floor, that's pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. I think Cole yeah. said Kiffin was A++, and I think Cole had Hugh Freeze as an A+. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I do think that's kind of where we're at. I mean, it's just the, the reality is, you know, you, you're entertaining all these names or like whether or not there's interest in Fickle or James Franklin or whatever. And I just, I put Fickle on the hot board. I never added Dabo and Franklin. Just, just not sure about the interest level there. But Auburn needs a coach now. There is not time. Like, let's say for some crazy reason it's not Kiffin, you can't restart this process. No. Or, or, or say, okay. We kind of know some – let's say there's some preliminary stuff with Frank. Let's just name a name, James Franklin. 
and let's say you've, you've had a brief conversation and you know he's interested, but that's really kind of all you all you've gotten. You can't start this over on like Saturday afternoon and now spend the next four or five days talking to Franklin. Do numbers work? You know, do, okay, and then are you going to sign it? And then what if something happens there? There's not time. That's why I think that's why I think Hugh makes just all the sense in the world. It'll be a quick pivot, and Hugh would be hired if you if, if Blaine Kiffin if this thing went south Saturday, you could hire Hugh Freeze Sunday. Yep. Literally. And you've got to, man. You've got to have a coach. I don't care who he is. You got to have a coach by Monday. So, yeah. Being that it is Iron Bowl week, um, I think I'll add one more thing to Lane Kiffin that makes him just the most dynamite hire in this situation. If you ask any Alabama fan, which you will, because you're going to go to family gatherings and be around your Alabama fan family, who do they want as the next head coach at Alabama? I don't have Alabama you, fans in my family. Most, Oh, you don't? Okay, well, you're lucky. No, dude, we don't, we don't associate with those. I've got plenty of them. <laughs> All my relatives are University of Miami and Florida State grads. I, 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 I can't well, do for Thanksgiving. What do those Thanksgivings look like? So, somebody didn't raise folks right, Cole. Right, right. So you ask them, who do they want as their next head coach? And they'll say Lane Kiffin. Most of them. Oh, will. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we won't go there, but, boy, I, I, I talked to a radio person this past week, and I go, Dude, can you imagine if Kiffin comes to Auburn, kills it, and then let's just say it's five years. Let's say five years from now, Saban retires. Can you imagine if Alabama says, we don't care if he's coaching Auburn. That's our guy. This this guy that was in radio, he was like, like, I'd be in heaven. Heaven. Can you imagine? In our lifetime, you'd never seen something where Alabama would want Auburn's coach. There'd be a bidding war. It would be, ooh, blood. Blood would be shed. Mm. It'd be nasty. It's a long way I, down the road, but it would be nuts. I just think Kiffin, if it's him, he comes in, he's got the chip on his shoulder, he wants to prove to everybody, I've got another elite job. This time, I'm going to get it done. But I, I think that actually meshes well with the Auburn fan that's tired of being second fiddle to, to Alabama and, mm-hmm. and Georgia. You know, I think I think he does connect better with. I think I think is yeah, you got to win. But I think the little digs that he takes at other teams and programs sort of reminds you of another guy from the 1990s that used to do that as a head coach. Ooh, ball think, coach. I think there's ball, some ball real coach. parallels there, okay? Interesting. A guy that doesn't necessarily love being out in the public. But he, what does he love? He loves calling plays. Loves trolling. What was Spurrier like in, around I – because mean, Florida fans, from what I understand, they, they love him. Was he like – Go Gators, love Gainesville, love being a part of the community. Well, he did because that was a little different. Or were they he just – Well, because he went to school there. So there was – True, the, true, true. Yeah, But true. The, the parallel and, – and I was lucky. I'm dating myself here because everybody's going to find out how old I am now. But I actually covered the team when I was in school. And, Justin, it was an incredible scene back then. You didn't have Twitter and all this stuff. So we were allowed in practice every day. For three straight years, I was in practice watching watching him work with the quarterbacks from 30 feet away with Heisman winners, okay? Um, winner, excuse me. And and Spurrier was a lot like Lane in that 98% of what he said was just kind of dry. But then as you're walking away, he'd say something pretty funny. He'd say, he'd say something pretty funny. You know what I mean? It was just um, – I'll tell you one thing um, – one funny Spurs story. This this kind of makes me think this. The, I could see Lane doing something like this. We had a. Hey, by the way, you need to write a column. Don't 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 waste all your. No, no, I'm gonna give one story. Once one. You need to write. You need to write a column on this if it happens because I I I really haven't heard anybody make this comparison, and I'm completely on board with you. I think it's so, fascinating. Just so yeah. And, and I think Gene Wojciechowski, the national reporter, might have been there one day, but it was mid '90s and. You know, there would be like 10 media people there, and, and Spurrier would ham it up with you. And Spurrier, by the way, read the student newspaper every day and would pull me aside and bitch about columns that 18-year-olds wrote. What does he know about quarterbacks? I'm like, why do you care? You know, but he – so Nothing. one day there was a, a reporter, overweight reporter, who said, hey, coach, uh, you know, you dated my mom when she went to school here with you. And he looked at the guy – I won't name him. He looked at the guy and goes, your mom? No way. <laughs> okay. Now, that's the modern day Lane Kiffin uh, trolling on Twitter, right? In oh, that man. kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You trolled in different ways back then. But no, but offensive guy. But what did Spurrier have? That was a program that had. 
I don't want to say Auburn's underachieved, but we don't. None of us think Auburn has reached its full potential. Can we agree on that? Yes. Consistently, no. Same thing. That was a program that had actually they had underachieved, but also not reaching their full potential. Auburn hasn't underachieved, just maybe hasn't quite consistently been what it could yeah, be. Spurrier completely unlocked yeah. Florida. He so, completely unlocked. so what we're saying here is that this guy's coming in. He's got the chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove everybody that he's the guy. And he's got a fan base that want that, that is so hungry for success. So tired of being, tired of being that, not the one, not number one. And um, even down to before that, I mean, he he elevates Duke the same way Kiffin I think has elevated Ole Miss. I mean, he well, elevates that program, and then that's correct. That's, that's a great, it's uh, a great analysis. Well, I had not heard that. Last year at Duke, they won the ACC title. I don't think they've won it since. And they took like a team. Eighty-nine. Yes, 89. They, they, beat, they won it by winning at North Carolina, and Mac Brown was the coach. Now, Mac Brown went to Florida State, so him and Spurrier were never going to like each other to begin with. So after the game, Spurrier took his team out. They took a giant photo of the scoreboard at North Carolina in Chapel Hill Stadium, and reporters asked him if he thought that was disrespectful to North Carolina. He said, I've won more games here than Mac Brown has. Oh, my gosh. Could you see yeah. that? Could you see him? He's Lane Kiffin. He's 1990, 1990 Steve Spurrier is 2022 Lane Kiffin. Now, can he win like, like Steve did? And, and there's evidence to suggest, man, Spurrier was 46 when he got that job. Lane's 47. Wow. We think of Lane as having been around forever. He's mm-hmm. still a young guy in head coaching circle. By the way, Hugh's day. not that old. Hugh Freeze isn't that old either. So they just got early. Props. You're yeah. kind of brilliant, Keith. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. When he wants to be. <laughs> I, I, I like it. No level of brilliance. but no, It I makes think, a lot of sense. It does. Those guys, I mean, either one of those guys. I think Freeze would be a motivated son of a gun to, if he gets that. He, I'm going to put together an all-star staff. People like working for me. Now I can pay them more money. We're going to have a great staff. Um, you know. And the last thing I'll say, we can move on talk about Iron Bowl and wrap it up. The one thing that I think Freeze would have over Kiffin is, I think if you get Freeze, I think you're more comfortable with him being there for 10 years than you are Kiffin. Kiffin, Kiffin wants to win a Super Bowl. Like, if Kiffin could get another chance in the NFL, he'll, he'll jump. Heck, like we joked about, if Alabama came calling in five years, he probably he might jump. Like, Freeze, you feel, I would feel more comfortable. Like, you got him, and I, th- I think you'd feel more comfortable in him being there longer than if Kiffin has success. You know, people might come after him harder, that kind of thing. But well, past Freeze, that, Freeze will be there in five years if you need him. That's true. Yeah, it might, but he might be. Might be still be killing it at Liberty. I wonder if somebody will give him a shot. All right, um, let's talk Iron Bowl for a few minutes before we get out of here. Um, Twenty-four point dogs, Auburn. Twenty-two. Jeffrey, twenty-two is it down to twenty-two? According to Zach um, in the back. Twenty-two. What do we got prize picks wise? And let's just talk about this game a little bit, even though I think most people don't give Auburn a big shot, but we'll see. Hey, first prize picks, man. Loving some prize picks. <clears throat> prospects is the best way to have action on the games in 70% of the United States. Man, Prospects is currently operational in 30 states and Canada. How does it work? You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prospects projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And right now, the Thanksgiving special they've got going is a free square from Justin Jefferson. So you go on there, so you've you got to pick two to win, they're giving you one. So all you got to do is pick one to win. Uh, go on Prize Picks, the app, download it, use the promo code WARIGLE, all caps, one word, no spaces. They will 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. And like I said, they're giving you that free square with Justin Jefferson this week. So you flip a coin, and if you guess right, you win. Prize yeah. Picks. I've already taken my Justin Jefferson square. Yep. It is .5 yards. .5 yards. One yard for you to win. All he's got to do is catch a football in positive yardage. You win that one. So, really, if you go back to last week's rules, if you pick two on your own and then add Justin Jefferson square, now you're hitting the three. And I think that's even that's, – that's a pretty good little payout right there. Yes, it is. Uh, Alabama minus 22, according to Zach in the back, with over-under a 49.5. I don't have any prospects projections yet on that. Uh, we are recording on Wednesday, so it's a little earlier in the week. But uh, Vegas has it as minus 22. Cole, I think you said that. This is the 
one of the highest lines. Yeah, it was. It was closer to 27 at one point. Um, I'm talking about in the past. Yes, in the past, yes. Oh, second highest. Oh, second highest. I think the uh, 2012 was 30, 34. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, and they covered. They covered that one pretty easily. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points, big dog. Not only am I gonna take the points, I'm taking the upset. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm I'm picking Auburn to win. Why not? Well, you know what, Jeffrey? I think that is where a lot of Auburn fans are right now, and it's it's exciting because you know really? you go back to the Penn State game. Justin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I don't expect them to win, but damn it, I'm going to pick them to win. All right, I I I think it's 34-17 Bama or something like that, but I'm going to pick Auburn to win. Pick them to win. <laughs> I think Auburn fans have thrown logic out the window this week. Screw yeah, it. there you go. I totally did. <laughs> I'm going all out. You going? What are you doing, Cole? I'm pick Auburn. All right. Absolutely. I'm gonna say 28-24 um, Auburn. Oof. Oh I my gosh. <laughs> Keith, you said you were picking Auburn too. All right. I not say that. Oh yeah. No, I think yeah. Auburn can compete with them. I think Auburn can score here or there. They're gonna be able to run the ball okay. I think. Um. Defense is not bad, but I, I just think Alabama. Maybe I'm saying 33 to 17 in that range. I think three touchdowns, four field goals. Right, that gets you to know that. Uh, so that would be 30. Yeah, 33 to 17. I think one of my concerns is Robbie's ball security in, in that kind of environment, and you know all that stuff. Jeffrey laughing. Gee, I can <laughs> ask for taking care of the football. Uh, if he can take care of the football, Auburn can maybe keep it interesting. But, you know, the the, the drops, the, the fumbles, you know, those kind of things. And they're going to – I don't know how – I feel like Auburn's going to have to throw at least a little bit. I just don't know how that's going to happen. So that, that's my concern. But I, I think they could score on the ground here or there. So uh, I think they cover, let's put it that way. So 33-17, Bama. I'm going 18-17, to Auburn. With uh, Alex McPherson kicking six field goals. <laughs> that was the, that was the score in '97. Uh, Eighteen to seventeen. I'm pretty sure. Jarrett Holmes field goal to go to the West. I I was at that game. I feel like it was eighteen to seventeen. All right, Justin. What was that? Zach's got Auburn thirty-eight to ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Alabama thirty-eight to ten. <laughs> 1997. Good like, Zach, look that up for me. Um, Can y'all hear Brooks hollering? No. Okay. They're, oh, they're out of school today. Get it? Shut up, boy! <laughs> it's like a faint, like you got to lock in the basement kind of sound. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's him. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, my, my, my concern a little bit for Auburn, look at Zach. Yeah, I know my shit. Oh, um, wow. Is that a true story? I, he yeah. kicked six field goals. He well, I don't know about I don't know if he kicked six. Uh, I, Auburn may have missed a two point conversion that game and got to or something. Um, I don't think I think they scored. I don't know, I don't know if Holmes kicked six, but it was like fifteen seventeen. The old uh, Ed System fumble. The 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 uh, the OC was uh, Arians, Bruce Arians. He threw the screen pass. Birmingham They're fire. Trying to run out the clock. Ed System fumbles. I think huh. Ricky Neal recovered. And uh, Jared Holmes kicks the field goal, and they win the West. Wow! And that Alabama team was four and seven. Oh, so they did score a t- touchdown. Yeah, Fred Beasley. Fred Beasley yeah. from uh, Liam Montgomery, if I'm not mistaken, Cole. That is correct. Beast, that guy's a beast for the Yes, Niners, he was. Whatever. Oof. Um, my concern for Auburn in this game a little bit is um, I love what they've done the last three weeks, but defensively. You know, we talk about the, the strides Auburn's made defensively. Well, Mississippi State's horrific at running the football. Western Kentucky doesn't run the football. And A&M's entire offense is garbage. Um, you did pretty good against Mississippi State once you settled down. But you did a pretty good job against Western Kentucky. Like, I just – it's hard to gauge 
defensively. Like, have they turned it around? Are they playing with more effort? Yeah. But they also, I think, have played a couple of teams that may have played into allowing them to be a little, to, to, to be a little bit more physical. Same thing offensively. A&M's reeling. Mississippi State's defense is okay. You kind of figure things out in the second half. Western Kentucky's defense. And I think you've, I think you've played three teams that sort of set up for you to sort of do what you did. I, and, and so I, I sort of don't know. Have they really, really made strides? Like, are they are they really a different team running the football, or, damn it, um, or is it just a matter of competition? And I, I I don't know that answer yet. I think the best thing Auburn's got going for it is um, momentum, energy, confidence, inspiration. Yeah, that's the best thing they got going. That they 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 if. They have. A, I heard somebody say it the other day, and it's, it, they were right. Auburn's got a better chance of winning this game now with Cornell as head coach than they do than they would have with Brian Harson. No oh, question. Because of that alone. So I think the big thing is, though, Robbie. You know, I think they're throwing it 18 times a game in the last couple of weeks. They're going to have to throw, and, I, and Robbie's not there. He's not there as a passer. The passing game's not there. So if you're Alabama, you're going to stuff the line. You're going to. You're going to. You're going to. You know. You're going to pay attention to that run game, and you're just not going to let much get much get going. Um. So I sort of see it like a hmm, 37-10 kind of game. I, I I just don't – I just think that things could kind of come back down to earth a little bit. We'll see. The one thing that's interesting about Alabama's offense is I looked. The last – if you take away the Austin P game, they haven't rushed for more than 137 yards in the last four conference games. Wow. Four straight, they haven't topped 137 rushing, which was shocking because they've got good backs and can run the ball. So, I mean, if Auburn can sort of get Bill O'Brien in throwing more than he should, Auburn's DBs have been okay, you know, maybe. Maybe you got a chance there to, to, to maybe hope that they don't – that you can hold them in check for a while. I just wonder about Auburn's ability to, to move the ball on offense when, it, when a team like Alabama is like, all right, you're going to run. We're not letting you do that. So, good luck, Robbie Ashford. Um, I'm I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but I do think Auburn's defense can hang can hang tight mm-hmm. against Alabama's offense. I do think maybe 37 is too much. Maybe it's um, you know maybe it's 28-13 or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but maybe Auburn holds them in check somewhat. But I just I'm not sure Auburn's going to, be able to score more than without some turnovers. 13-14 would be probably the most they get. I feel like they're going to get some turnovers. They're going to get six of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to go three and field goal. <laughs> but you can't look. You cannot. I mean, I think that X factor of where is a team at is interesting. Alabama not in any contention for anything. Can't win the West. They can't win. With none of that. You're, for the first time in a while, Alabama's playing simply to win the yeah, they got an outside, Yeah, they got an outside shot of getting in, man. They I, well, they do, but you, but I think that's not their – they're not – it's not right in front of them. So it's like, well, yeah, maybe, but, but primarily they, it's beaten Auburn. I think. Well, yeah, but they also know a one-point win at home over Auburn ain't going ain't gonna to cut it. it, it what, what slim chance they have. Uh, well, I think I think I, that combined with where Auburn's at, I just that's the one thing where I'm thinking maybe. If Auburn can hang around for a few quarters, you get Carnell running up and down the sideline, Maybe you can feed on that and turn it into something. That's what I'm saying. That may hang around for two quarters and turn it into an emotional thing where Alabama's going, golly, like this this year things have just not gone our way this year. Or that we just can't get over whatever. Get them get them in their head a little bit and get Auburn going. Hey, we can do this. Just turn it into that game and see if something can switch. It's kind of I think your best shot. Iron but it'll be fun. It's the first time for a while. Look, Auburn fans. Yeah. I mean, unless you get beat fifty to nothing, look, you're going to have a head coach here. You're going to turn the page. Carnell's done good things. It's it's kind of a. I mean, you want to beat Alabama, but but like if they lose that game, they literally could have a head coach Friday. The day before the game, they can have a coach. The day after the game, so they care. Or they always care. You always care about the game. But for Auburn fans, I think the head coaching thing kind of. Kind of trumps it to to some degree, no matter no matter what happens. Given Auburn doesn't win, obviously that would be historic. But it won't be something Auburn fans will have to dwell in if they do lose the game. Huh. You'll be able to turn the page pretty quickly, which is not a bad thing. 
All right, well, let's roll out of here. Hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we'll keep you covered the rest of the week, coaching search stuff. Basketball had a nice win over Bradley. Um, they play again against Northwestern in the Cancun Challenge. Um, and then they come home. Auburn has the Iron Bowl. And then we're rolling on to recruiting and transfer portal. Hey, so, Justin, I did want to say before we get out of here, we're not going to have the Auburn Live recruiting show on Friday. Logistics just couldn't – we couldn't make it happen. But we will be back Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Time for the call-in show. Which could be a fun one. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here for Jeffrey Pink. Keith, I am Justin. Um, until next time, we'll see you.